Hey, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast like I did? I, I thought I was crazy and I just did it. When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on all the apps and, and get people to listen? And, and how do I make money from it? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Crazy, right? I love Anchor. It's easy and you should use it too. So if you always wanted to do your own podcast and start making money, go to anchor.fm backslash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. Thanks. Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have my guest today, Mike Vacante. He is a leader in the world of cultural transformation, uh, he speaks around the world. He works with teams of all sizes, all types of organizations. He is a keynote speaker, a CEO advisor, and founder of the Humans First Club. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, Adam. Thank you. Awesome. Excellent. So let's jump right in. Humans First. Hashtag Humans First. Please tell everyone what that means to you and what that means to the world of cultural transformation. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's it's something that has really grown. It's very grassroots. Um, I was in Claude Silver's office last May, Adam, and Claude and I were having a conversation about what she's up to. And and I, I have this high-performance team program called I Am Team that I had been taking around working with companies and getting some feedback from Claude on that. As we talked about what was important to us and, and what the real mission is of what we're doing, she introduced me to Mark LeBusque over in Australia. Mark was coming over in October for a, a U.S. visit. We decided to get together and, and, and do something together. And, um, and I said, why don't we just get a bunch of people in the room and talk about being human in today's workplace? And, uh, you know, kind of chuckled at the ambiguity of that. And, and uh, Marco Bus said, hey, mate, if you can pull that off, um, I'm all in. So October 18th, we ended up uh, at Media Math on the 45th <clears throat> floor of the World Trade Center with a room full of people and, and had an experience. And um, in developing and launching that, there was a lot of people that raised their hands and said, Mike, what is that? What are you doing? I want to do it in my city, and I want to do it in my city, in my city, and and soon, Adam, people were coming from literally all over the world asking what it is, and at that point, it wasn't anything but a a single experience. And Mike, how, how did, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying I had a vision for where it could go, so we, you know, put some things together, some structure. Um, put together a, 
a manifest, if you will, to, to kind of get it started, what it would be like, how we would handle people and draw them in. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's been more happening to me than me making it happen. Um, some fabulous people have jumped on board and, you know, I, I just feel like the luckiest guy on the planet. That's, that's fantastic. And why don't we backtrack for a quick second and just give our listeners a quick overview um, of your background, a little bit of your history and, you know, how the world of, of cultural transformation is, is coming to life right now. Yeah, it, you know, it's fun because it's, um, it's evolving and room space for this conversation is really coming forward. I'll say that it's still in pockets, Adam. Um, there's very little incentive for those in charge of large corporations of many workplaces to make the kind of adjustment that we're talking about. And when I say we in the Humans First Club, but also even movements like conscious capitalism and, and um, you know, the, the, the great messages that are coming from leaders like Bob Chapman and um, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think, is, is, is changing the dialogue very much. Um, Claude certainly is, is a big part of that. There's going to be resistance. I, I believe that the movement has started, um, but there's, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to bring more goodness, more a higher level of consciousness into all of our business processes. And, um, you know, it's, it's an exciting time for that. And I couldn't agree more. And I think hopefully you would agree with this statement that once companies really truly embrace putting humans first, whether it be their current employees and, and candidates and, and future prospects, it will affect the bottom line in a positive way. And companies that do not embrace this in today's world, they're going to fall behind and they'll see it affect their, their, their bottom line. I absolutely agree. You know, people are your business. For me, it's always been that simple um, in, in all of the work that I've done. And, and Adam, I've, I've been through five mergers and acquisitions. And um, man, had been dropped in, people that didn't know me as, you know, as the leader um, and therefore the enemy, right? Because everybody's kind of in chaos and there's fear and doubt, what's going on? Where are you going to take the company? What's going to happen to my job? How's everything going to land? Um, and having that people first focus, the human first focus has just been the most natural way for me to do business. And so, um, what I saw is my teams always performed exceptionally well, way above, um, other units within the company during those mergers and acquisitions. So let's peel back the curtain on that a little bit and let's take our listeners inside. When we talk about humans first, right, let's break that down a little bit. What are some of the core principles and core values when a company really wants to truly uh, embody and execute on that philosophy? You know, the, the uh, belief of given the opportunity, people will amaze you. And I truly believe that in many situations, as soon as somebody walks in the door, we've hired them, right? You do the recruiting. So you know this, 
um, you're bringing them in with all the possibilities. They've, they've shown their expertise they've, um, and their experience that they're bringing in the door, their knowledge, their education, their, their wisdom, their energy and ambition. And they walk in the door and the first thing we do is start telling them how it works around here. And so is, you know, as soon as you're, you've had your first cup of coffee, you're pushed into this assimilation process to become them rather than to become your best self. And to me, that is the core to all of this is how do we raise people up to be their best selves rather than their best imitation of other people in the company? And, and that hits on that that hits on the, the the buzzword of late, which is culture fit. When you hear somebody say culture fit, what does that mean to you, Mike? Well, culture fit's a really funny thing, right? We we hear culture fit and we hear old boys club sometimes in the same sentence. It's like you know, it's it's a it's necessary to have a great culture fit. This is a culture that's an old boys club. It's like, well, there you have it. Um, you you which one do you want? Because in this case, they're the same thing. We need to talk about culture contribution. And that opens up the door to diversity and inclusion. And when I say diversity and inclusion, it's, it's not different colored M&Ms. And it's not peanut M&Ms or caramel M&Ms or chocolate <laughs> M&Ms. You know what I mean? And, and please, can I get all those M&Ms from Harvard, right? And, and I have <laughs> diversity. It is thought diversity, experience diversity, you know, diversity of left brain and right brain, right? And, and um, I need some creative people. I need some problem solvers, introverts, extroverts, um, readers, thinkers. Let's get some creativity and, and, and curiosity. Then we really have diversity. And I think that um, at the leadership level, diversity is really necessary because we have different attributes we bring in. And so much of it has been driven by old school machoism, right? Which I have to say is the other thing, Adam, I find really funny is when I hear people say, we need to bring humanity back into the workplace, I kind of scratch my head and just go, what era are we talking about, right? So I'm, I'm in my late 50s now, I don't remember that like some, some time ago. Are we going back to 1950s, you know, get mom back in the kitchen or is it suffrage or is it some other, you know, dark era? I, 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 I'm not sure. I think that we need to embrace this as new frontier and make sure that we're raising women into leadership roles, that we have a good balance that it isn't um, all of the same education, it's not all financially driven, um, and that is the essence of getting down to humans first, is it's all of us, and that makes the strongest company. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. It really is the fabric of the company. It's those individual threads that, that come together and not every thread is gonna be the same color, the same thickness. I mean, you could use any analogy you want. Um, I, I absolutely love it, Mike. I think that it's a tremendous mission and it's needed and it's needed um, right now. So let's dig down into it a little bit more. So when you're working with companies and organizations, how do you start? Is there an analysis process? Are you taking a look at their, their, the company as a whole, their culture, their, 
recruitment process, their hiring process. Take us in a little bit deeper into that, how that works. Yes. So, you know, there's the Humans First Club, which is an event series, right? But in the consulting work I do, coming in with the IM team program, there has to be an aptitude to learn. Um, if, if the company doesn't have curiosity or a belief that we can do better by doing new things, then it's not really a great fit. Um, and it works inside large corporations. It works in companies where they have um, teams in many different locations because each team, each location is going to operate somewhat autonomously, but there needs to be that common thread. Um, and so you, we come in and, and work through the, the, a teaming platform that um, does focus on how do we engage, how do we perform, and what are we achieving? And the human side to that is getting um, living principles in place of how we operate ourselves inside an environment, how the team takes those same operating principles and, and orchestrates their, their teaming, their teamwork, and then how you move through those dimensions, which I separate in um, very necessarily. I think that a lot of times we look at um, performance and achievement being the same thing. And I think that's where companies really get caught. It's, it's not. If something's not working, more of it is not going to get you through achievement. And so when you divide out the activity from the outcome, you know, there's some really great um, truths that unfold that can be acted on. And, and how, do you, how do you measure success? Like what are some of the KPIs? What are some of the metrics that a company could put in place to, to see if their efforts are paying off and working? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the, you know, the overall achievement metrics of the company certainly have to be um, adhered to. Where the big challenge comes is, have we taken the time to allow and help everybody align their personal outcome, their personal objective to that company objective? And what I found, Adam, is almost 100% of the time, no, that's never happened. You know, we're, we're supposed to look at the words on the wall and say, oh, those are my values and beliefs now because you wrote them on the wall. I'm not experiencing them, but I, I certainly have, you know, intellectually grabbed there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the company's outcome is supposed to be as fulfilling to me as it is to, you know, a shareholder. And, and I think along with learning and development being a complete bust for the 20 years that I've experienced it, I think the next biggest failure from connecting individuals to, to the corporation is allowing them to tie their personal objective to the corporate objective, and that will get the result done. So the you know, overall, um, the OKRs, the, the KPIs, they, they, they fall into place. But if I can map my own course to that outcome, here's the challenge and why it's not often done, Adam, is that 
if I achieve all the things that I'm trying to achieve and I hit that high level and the company gets all that benefit, you know, with the teamwork and everything else that, that we've achieved, I might hit a level now and saying, I need to jump off into another job or into mm -hmm. another company. And ideally, the company would say, pat me on the back and say, that was awesome. What a great job. You do need to, you know, uh, step out and go Spray be on. Fly. Instead, we want to hold people hostage, right? It's like, well, I let you go, but then I've got a retention problem. So that, that actually brings up an important point, re employee retention, right? And, and I have my point of view on employee retention. And I think ultimately it comes down to happiness when someone feels valued um, in their job, in their career, that they, they don't dread waking up every single day, that they enjoy. Right. They feel mission-driven. They enjoy the people that they work with, and they feel that they're contributing to a greater good. Now, listen, not every company, not every product is going to save lives and plant trees and, and save the animals. So in your professional you know, opinion, what, what are some of the key fundamentals for companies to really uh, improve retention? You know, there are, there are a lot of ways to address that, and there are a lot of programs that can be put into place. Um, for, for me, I, I really need to keep it simple so we can point in the right direction at them. And it's, it's really two things. What I've discovered listening to people as we go through these workshops and, and now, you know, through the Humans First Club, I've been able to sit in a lot of um, sessions and, and, and do discovery and listen to people's stories and what's important. I believe it comes down to growth the ability to, to grow individually and contribution, which is satisfaction of getting up and, and, and putting my thought and my heart and my effort into something. If the contribution is honored and I feel fulfilled and I believe it, that's a great thing. If the growth is continuing for me, I'm probably going to stay very involved, you know, very engaged. Absolutely. Growth. Those are the two for me. So let's kind of switch it up a little bit. You know, a lot of um, my listeners are, they're twofold. So I have, you know, decision makers in, in the hiring process. I connected with CEOs, head of talent acquisition, both internally at companies and organizations, as well as recruiters. And then, you know, obviously I work with, with candidates across the board at different levels. What are some questions that a candidate should ask during the interview process to get a good sense of a company's culture and mission. And one little piece of, of advice that I'll jump into, I always kind of advise candidates, try to show up, I mean, listen, always show up early for an interview, right? Like if, yeah. if, if you're not early, then you're late. Um, but try to show up a little bit earlier, sit in the lobby and kind of get a sense of the vibe and feel of, of a company, right? I also tell people, go to the bathroom also, even if you don't have to go. Go to the bathroom and, and, and keep your ears open. Well, well, carefully, you don't want to listen to everything, but keep your ears open to hear if there's like talk going on in the bathroom, if people are generally in a good mood, right? Like you want to get a sense of the true culture. But in your opinion, you know, what, what are some questions that candidates at all levels could ask to really get a good sense of a company's culture? I, you know, the, the first thing, and, and you touched on it in some of those, um, in some of those comments is, is what's the experience? And, and I think that's not often asked because we talk about what's the job. And instead of the job, it's really understanding how is that 
manager, the person interviewing you, how are others in the company experiencing the company? So we often, you know, get into a conversation with, tell me about a day in the life of, you know, while I'm here. That kind of goes that direction. But asking directly, how have you experienced this compared to, um, you know, one year over the other or when you first joined the company? And it allows that person to, to open up and tell a little bit about, about the story. You also get a sense then of, of, of where their energy level is on that, right? If they're just kind yeah. of telling the by the book story, then, you know, that's a bit of a red flag. I Somebody jumps in and, and, and talks about how it's, you know, life changing. Then it's like, uh, I'm going to take less money. I want to sign up. Right. Exactly. And I, I always urge candidates ask, you know, at some point in the interview, ask the interviewer, what do you love most about working here? And to your point, you could get a sense from that person's energy. Is it a canned answer? You could see their facial expressions. You could see their body language and see if they're really happy too. Are they, are they distracted? Like while you're talking to them, are they, you know, looking at their phones? Are they looking down? Are they checking, are they checking their email? And I think engagement goes um, a long way. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, I want to dig into your consultancy practice as far as advising and training. Do you, do you get deep into actually tactically working, you know, with hiring managers or working with senior talent leadership on, you know, the hiring process, the interview process, if you could talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on that. You know, I did early on, Adam, and um, it, it shifted away from there because the, the consulting work I was doing um, was kind of, you know, big 90-day programs, and it, and it did touch into some of those areas. And then I was asked by one of my clients, Microsoft, actually, mm -hmm. to, to shrink that stuff I was doing into a one or two day workshop so they could get me in front of more teams. Um, and that kind of changed the whole dynamic of everything. And that is now becoming a, a, a book that I'm working awesome. hard to complete. Um, but it's interesting because there's um, the talent acquisition and the recruiting world, right? They have to be some of the most optimistic people around. Um, you talk about just like getting hammered and slapped in the face again and again and again. It, it's amazing. You see people in sometimes desperate and so, you know, higher tension or emotional situations because they got to go to work, right? They have bills to pay and, and obligations and ambition. And so that, that keeping that positive and, and positioning while you're still trying to cultivate a relationship, and pull information, right? So the, the BS meter is always on as well. And, and it's, um, you know, so it's, I want to say that it can't be taken for granted. It's a tricky thing. However, because we get into a pattern of selection, our ability to discard without doing a lot of discovery becomes a bit of a challenge. So are we really finding the best candidates? Or are we finding the best available candidates? And are we excluding somebody because our criteria, it, we're, we're being a little bit too myopic Absolutely. or stringent 
on our criteria. And I think you hit the nail on the head too. I think that there's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you have your business objectives as a company, right? For every minute that an open role, for every day that an open role is, is unfilled, somebody else in the company is having to do double duty and step up into it. And maybe they're becoming overworked, exhausted, uh, discontent, right? They're, the loyalty and retention factor is going down. So that's why I always advise how important it is to fill a role quickly. But to your point, it has to be with the right person. Because if you put someone in the role and you just rush to it and they're not right, you're going to be back in this process, you know, 30 days later, that person's going to be, you know, out and you're going to have to start the whole recruitment process over again. And it's a complete waste. Uh, and I think it's critical too to really try to avoid, you know, biases and, and preconceived notions and really do our best to really understand that a, understand a, tr a candidate's true motivation, right? Yeah. Why are they looking to leave their job? What, what do they don't have in their current role? What are they unhappy about? Um, that they're not getting, but also what are they happy about and make sure that those elements are also continuing into this role as well and making sure that you're touching on, on those attributes. And it's hard as a recruiter because we're under the gun, right? From a time perspective, from a cost perspective. Um, and the other piece as well, and you know, I'd love to get your points on this. The recruitment division within an organization is not a profit center. It's not generating profit. So a lot of times it's not getting the attention um, from an improvement because there is there are opportunities to bring in folks like yourself to really help improve the process. So it's really working with senior leadership to understand that they need to invest. It's almost like baseball. It's like your farm team, right? Like you need to invest into your scouting process because that's the future of your organization. Yeah. And Adam, I, I love that you bring that up because there are some, there are some great experts out there that, that guide companies through that. And, and, and some of them are, are my friends and, and I say they're experts because, you know, they're much better at it than I am, even though I've been through a lot of that and have a deep understanding. And I've, you know, been through the organizations that are bringing in hundreds of people a year um, and, and through transition. But the nice advantage that an outsider can bring into an organization is not to bring more process and not to bring more systematic thinking, but to help assess where are you in the execution of your own processes, right? So it, there's, I don't believe there's a best way to do anything um, except for um, if I need a surgical procedure, there's probably a better, you know, and I really like the guys that do the safety checks on the airplanes to, to like follow the process. There's probably a best. <laughs> um, other than that, there's a hundred ways to do things, and each company has their, you know, their own flavor. And when you bring in an expert just to do an assessment of how well are you aligned to your own processes, there's there's a lot of discovery that kind of cleans up um the 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 whole all the fringes right it, it it brings back the focus from the margins and and um that can be helpful um the thing that i like to encourage with companies is diversity again and it's i'm saying diversity multifaceted diversity not roster moves, but mindset changes, right? So the Cleveland Browns do diversity, right? They go through, they, they change their roster all the time. Coaches. <laughs> they haven't changed their mindset. Right. <laughs> so, so you can make a lot of roster moves and it can hit a scorecard. And um, 
but we have to look at, is that really what we're doing? Or are we trying to hire for growth mindset? And are we bringing in open minds um, into the company to accelerate possibilities rather than just the capabilities to perform at the standard level? A hundred, a hundred percent. Mike, this has been a, a tremendous conversation. I certainly appreciate your time. What's next on the horizon for Mike Vacanti and, and Humans First? What's next for, for, for you? Yeah, gosh, you know, Adam, it's, it's, uh, I feel like this is something happening to me as much as I'm just involved in, in making things happen. Um, I've, I've kind of woken up now to the hunger of, of, and the importance then of having these conversations. So I think continuing to put the effort into, to facilitate that. I see a couple of things happening is we'll continue to do live events and serve the markets where people are raising their hands and saying, yes, let's do it. So it looks like it's going to be London and Zurich and Dubai and, and, and Australia in this year. Um, possibly a couple of other countries will be in Canada. There's another six U.S. cities lined up. Awesome. It's, um, we'll put a community platform underneath that to try to connect all those people and get the like-hearted um, leaders and, and, and embrace um, everybody's ideas, let them exchange them together. It is going to be an open forum, um, less orchestrated, less control. I like to think of it as a playground. Um, so it's, it's trying to put some underpinnings to that, to allow people to continue the dialogue, um, and just facilitating that, that playground, um, do discovery, keep growing, serve the, the hunger and, um, and hopefully continue to, to lift others. Love it. Mike, I, I, I couldn't agree more, and, and, and I love your mission, and it ties in a lot with my philosophies and what I'm trying to do. I always like to end each interview um, with asking, you know, what is your North Star? What do, you, what do you turn to when things are great, when things are not so great? What is your North Star, Mike? Yeah, I appreciate that at this season in my life, right, after doing five mergers and acquisitions, and, you know, even in the in the days, Adam, where, where um, you know, I would be in a job interview and they would say, Mike, you know, I'm looking at all this history. You kind of look like a job hopper. <laughs> it's like, oh, job hopper. Those are underachievers. I've, this is my fourth career. <laughs> Love it. Um, <clears throat> so the North Star has changed. But for me, it is really about contribution and and doing that with high energy that's aligned with this sense of serenity. And if I can get that excitement and that serenity to match, that's kind of the formula for happiness. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm better to my wife and my kids and my neighbors in the community if I can push for that state. So. I really think it's it's staying in that best place to help others because that's all that's important to me, you know, in in this season of my life. Awesome, and I, and I love calling it seasons. 
Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm about to hit a new season next week for me. And I think um, I've hit a, a big turning point in my life in the last couple of months. And it's, it's synergy and it's karma and it's the energy that you put out into the universe comes back to you. And it's just incredible to see that happen. Mike, how could folks get in touch with you? How could folks find out more about Humans First? Yes, um, mjvacanti.com is my site and, and all my contact information is on there. Um, that's a great way to reach out. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, Humans First Club is www.humansfirst.club. And um, there's a form in there. Please reach out. That comes right into my inbox and I'll do my best to respond. And, um, um, you know, Twitter and, and there's a Facebook page for MJ Vacanti awesome. as well. So um, I love being in conversations. I'm doing my best to, to respond and I'm, I'm having so much joy of, of all these people that have reached out and, uh, the learning that they're bringing into my life is it's been pretty profound. I love it. And for everyone tuning in, um, I'll have the links to Mike's contact information uh, when we get the podcast up. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on, on the podcast. Uh, incredible conversation, uh, really enlightening and, and digging deep um, into transformational cultural change. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, have a great day. Love the work you're doing, Adam. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.